With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair. So City are back to winning ways, but despite dominating possession against the Magpies, they struggle to break down a well-organised side and have to rely on a 32-yard worldie from Carl Walker to secure the three points. To discuss that and much more, three guests with me. The respected journalist, Joe Doherty. Evening, Nigel. Uh, the ever-popular Lisa Rabinowitz. Hello. And Canal Street's Blue's very own Sarah Messenger. Hello, Nigel. The Man City Show is back for the season by Ladbrooks. Go to bet.citypodcast.net for all the latest odds and offers. Uh, can we start this week with someone who didn't start, wasn't in the 11, wasn't in the 18? Uh, a lot of uh, discussion and conversation around the fact that our mate Leroy Sarney, not only did he not go to the World Cup, he's not played much for City, and there he was sat in the stand watching the game. What's going on, Sarah? What's going on? You're, you're in the know. <laughs> I wish I was. I wish I was. Um, well, it's concerning because he's such an important player for us when he plays well. Um, and But he's looked out of sorts when he, in his sort of very fleeting appearances this season. He's looked out of sorts. I mean, he came on against Wolves and was shocking, other than one jinxy little run he did, which was the Leroy of old. And an average of 19 minutes per game in the four games he's appeared in this season. A bit of Stato's not here, but I'm doing the job for him. Yeah. So he's not played much, you're right. No, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with him, but it seems to me it's there's something wrong with attitude that... It's something not quite right, whether he's still upset about Germany dropping him, whether he's upset about Mares arriving. I don't know, but there's something there. But, but there's not room for everybody, Joe. We've got, a, you know, we've got a world-class squad, and when you look around, someone's got to sit in the stand. There's only 18 places there, and we've got a lot of attacking players, and he, he's one of them. Yeah, of course he is. But, like, you know, I think I would have still taken him there as, unless there was something really wrong with him, and I think there must be, because... He's such an important player. And I think the last couple of games, we have missed what, how good he can be because we've been a bit lethargic on the ball. You know, you got... And if he's worried about Mares, I think after the game he needn't be because I thought Mares was very poor, actually. But um, we missed someone with his directness and I really hope he's back in the side soon. 
Lisa, anything to add? You you got any theories on on what is it? Is it's got to be attitude, hasn't it? Yeah, is, it? I mean, it's the only thing that makes any sense. Um, and he's always had a bit of a tendency to have a sulk if things don't go his way, and maybe it's just got a bit worse for whatever reason. But it really shouldn't be. That's my. It is a bit concerning, and it's also awful timing to be at the same time as De Bruyne being injured because to not have either of them is hard to be honest I mean okay we've got lots of great players but as Joe said we've definitely missed the pace of of Sané um but you and, say that there's enough pace around isn't there you well know, we don't seem those... to be utilizing it for whatever reason it's, everything's been a bit um slow in my opinion that's I feel that's what's been missing mainly from the past few well the last two performances but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm really just very disappointed in it because I, I really like Sané. I think he's a great player with huge potential. And I know that people keep saying, oh, he's a kid. But he, he isn't. He's 22. He's nearly 23. He's closer to 23. Um, that's not a kid um, in any walk of life. And it certainly isn't in football when you've got 17-year-olds playing regularly for some teams. So he needs to sort he needs to sort himself out. They need to sort him out. And it's a because at the moment it's just a real waste of an incredible talent. I wonder if it's something to do with Mendy being back wow. and the way yeah. he plays with you know that defensive discipline that you've got to have when you've got a marauding left back like Mendy who is brilliant going forward. But I think if we're honest, we've all got some concerns about his uh, some of us more than others. His, yeah, <laughs> his defensive capabilities. So. I just wonder whether there's been something going on in training that's, that's required Sonny to play in a different way and he feels like that's inhibiting his game. Well, don't know. The one bit of player dissent, if you can call it that, that was shown in the All or Nothing documentary thing was Sonny having a bit of a sulk when he was told he was going to be taken off when we'd gone down to 10 men and Walker was coming on. And Pep was like don't pull faces and that's that's the only thing i can remember from that of someone showing any kind of dissent as i said to to, and so you know i don't know it's just it's very unfortunate timing i mean joe lisa alluded to this sort of lack of pace i struggle to understand that because we've got walker we've got mendy we've got we've got we've got you know you can name them all all those attacking that's why he played them they're all fast they're all quick what 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 hasn't quite clicked yet, would you say? I really don't know. I thought at the weekend, with such an attacking lineup, when you've got the two attacking fullbacks, two wingers, two strikers, and in your centre midfield pairing, one of them's much more attacking than defensive. I thought we'd have an absolute field day against that lot. And even if they parked the bus on us, which obviously they did a bit, I didn't think it would matter, especially with two up front. And I thought that the two strikers were quietly quite good together because they both, you know, Aguero knew when to drop or Jesus would know when to drop. I, don't, I thought Mares was very frustrating. He kept trying to do that little bit extra rather than being a bit more direct. I think that needs to be coached out of him a bit. But I don't really know what was there. I think maybe they were a little bit complacent or something. Is that, is that something right? didn't I mean, look right. That's the one thing Pep talks about the whole time. It can't be complacency. He, Pep will not be allowing that. Surely. What, what's your view, Sarah? Because everybody right. said that we've, you know, we've not been out of third gear or whatever expression you want to use yet. But it's it's not quite clicking. Um, there, there's a there was a source on Twitter earlier about uh, the journalists who write for the Independent have had to pick the team they think oh, this is after four games how stupid is this <laughs> pick the team that's made the best start and the team that's made the worst start and one of them 
or, or that you've been disappointed in. And so one as in, of them, as in, sorry, so so I yeah. understand. So this is the club, or the one to, you pick the one to eleven is from different clubs. No, no, no. You pick the team that you think's made the best start right, or okay. has impressed you after four games, yeah. and the team that you've been disappointed in after four games. So most of them pick Burnley as the team they're disappointed yeah. in. Mm-hmm. One of them picks City. Really? Yeah, and. <laughs> He did say, you know, bear with me while I explain. Um, and go on, and get, well, the brief, explanation was, explain. you know, that they're not, they're not blowing teams away. And it, and it made me think, actually, if we look back to last season, Brighton away, Everton at home, Bournemouth with the last-minute winner, we didn't play particularly well in any of those three Same games. Same number of points this time Same last season. Same number of points. Pep keeps saying, we, you know, it takes a while to get rhythm, and we're all like, get your bloody rhythm quicker. But... <laughs> You know they're elite sportsmen, and I, I, I'm, I, you know, if he says it takes a while, it takes a while. So I'm, I'm actually not. The main thing is we're in touch. The scousers are getting giddy beyond belief, so let them carry on being giddy. Yeah. The mighty Spurs <laughs> lost last night. Chelsea a little bit under the radar, radar, but to be honest, we stuff them in the Community Shield. So I'm Watford, not worrying. Watford are winning the league, surely. Yes. Watford. What, yeah. what, Watford are going to do what they always do and start well and end up yeah. 15th. Is there an issue, because we've talked about this before, the sort of 16 players being at the World Cup? Could there be a bit of a... Is that maybe why? I'm, tr- I'm trying to find yeah. a reason why we're not quite clicking. Is it? And that's kind of the only thing I can really think of. It's the one thing that 16 players all been at the World Cup, coming back, you know, had the sort of break they would like, played a lot of football. Is that a factor? Could that be an issue? I mean, it could be. It certainly looks a little... I mean, if you wanted to give a good description, they look tired. I mean, Joe said lethargic. They look tired. Um, but I, I wonder if also... And and I don't think that he always had amazing games, although he clearly is our best player. I think we're missing De Bruyne. Mm. Because I think some of what's happening when we seem to be, oh, we can break, and then it's like... It's almost like they don't have the direction or they've not got the person with the vision. And it's almost like something there is breaking down. and that mm. Because to me, it doesn't make that much sense to me why... You know, there was, it didn't happen that often against Newcastle because they weren't attacking that much. But there was one point where I think they took a free kick and then it didn't come to anything. And we did break and then someone made a wrong decision at some point. But it's like there's a, there's, it's still slowed down a bit. It's like, why are you slowing this down? And, and I do wonder if they're just, there's something, the, the extra, that other missing piece is the player who you know is going to pick that amazing pass out. De Bruyne is a big miss, isn't he, surely? He's a massive miss across the season. I just don't buy this idea that it's that this is a problematic start for us. I just think we're, we're in touch, more than in touch. I think if we come back to this question in a month's time on the podcast or two months' time and we're playing badly, then we could start worrying. But at the moment, I think the start to this season is comparable to last season. Mm. And it was really only after the international break last season at the beginning or whenever they have the stupid time. That's a question for another day. We like that, don't we? Stupid international break. (laughs) (laughs) That that City clicked and then they had that run, didn't they? They were in 5-0, 7-2, whatever. So... I think I'd be more inclined to make that assessment in a month's time. I think now's a good time to ask one of the questions that came through on on Twitter from our good friend uh, Jonathan Morris, who's a a follower of ours and regularly likes and comments. So thanks for that. And thanks for your question, Jonathan, as well, which says, despite our unparalleled success last year, do you think Pep knows his best team and or his best formation? He goes on to say, do you think his um, return to re-tinkering the squad is due to... Kevin's injury, 
lack of squad fitness or, or something else? What, what would you say is our two, two parts of the question, Joe? Well, it took me half an hour to get through all that. Um, <laughs> what I do you bet? You're a respected journalist. Do your best to keep it succinct. Respected a bit stronger word. Uh, I thought that the journalist form- is a bit stronger word as well. Some would argue. <laughs> Broadcaster, not journalist. I thought the formation steady now. Steady now. The formation student. Student. student uh, the formation Pep played was quite odd at the weekend because I don't think he's ever played four four two with us. And I also found it really bizarre that he dropped Bernardo Silva, who I think has been like our best player this season so far, because he's he's had good games out on the wing, he's had good games in middle, and you just think he obviously doesn't know what it is yet, and he's trying to experiment with different people in different positions. Obviously, you know, Sterling last year was always on the right, he's been playing him on the left this season. I still think it's going to take a couple more weeks before he really settles down with what team he likes best. And then in a month or so, he's going to have to change it again, because De Bruyne has got to be on the team, she hasn't he? So... I'm not sure he does now. I think he just wanted to experiment a bit because if you look at our up- upcoming run of games, we've got a potentially winnable few games. We need to get the goal difference up if you know if Liverpool to drop points. So he was maybe trying to see how how many attacking players we could fit in and see if we could play this style at least until Anfield. So I'm not sure. I think he's still experimenting a bit. Lisa's still experimenting. Yeah, and I don't think it's necessarily because of De Bruyne. You have to remember that Mendy's back in the team and that completely changes the dynamic. He's a very different player to having Delft sitting there at left-back. Um, I think that is what is causing us most problems at the moment because he goes missing from a defensive perspective. It pulls other players out of position and then not... You know my feelings on this. I'm I'm worried about it, but I think it's more to do with the whole team getting used to it. I'm trying not to get too worried about Mendy, but I think something changed in Mendy in the second half against Newcastle. He was not going forward as much. He seemed to be because well because that's where their goal came from, and he seemed to be a bit frightened of going forward too much. And and I I think that changes who he puts in certain positions. I've I've said that might be a reason Sterling's on the left because he'll work harder in that position than maybe other players would, which I, which is a shame really because I mean Sterling did very well. Don't get me wrong, but obviously he's better on the right. With the whole thing with Bernardo, th- this is another thing we've got. We seem to have a lot of players playing in positions that then that isn't their best position. Bernardo when he came on in the middle, and that's why I think Mares stayed on the pitch because it allowed. Bernardo to be in the middle I mean he's quite something Bernardo and to, it's a bit criminal to not have him in that position it's a waste out on the on the wing but I mean he still does it he still puts in a good shift but um but yeah I mean like and like Joe said when De Bruyne comes back it'll all change again but he, you know does he know his best 16 I'm I actually think he, I'm sure he does know who his best 16 are yes he has had to make a few changes we've got um, De Bruyne out we've got a problem with Sané that's impacting it as well and um, we don't have a natural backup at right back either at the moment because Danilo's injured I, I, th- I think there are lots of reasons but I think that when everyone's fit he knows who is best 16 are what would you say to Jonathan Morris I, I, well I agree with Lisa I think I think he does know what his best team is but I also I'm, I'm a bit reluctant to use the term best team because I think Pep knows that you, the best team is the right is the team that you put out against the opposition and what they can damage you with. So, actually, I mean, you know, we might all say that the best team would always have Edison in it, and actually, he's likely to play in every game. You'd probably always have Walker at right back or right wing back. 
you'd probably always have De Bruyne in there. But then you wouldn't, would you have De Bruyne in if he was fit and well against Oxford away? Probably not. So, so I think I'd, I'd, I'm not particularly worried about that. I think you're right about the Mendy kind of learning to play with Mendy and Mendy learning to play with us because to be frank he didn't really get a chance to do that last season but I'm not worrying yet in terms of Mendy I was going to ask like obviously we've got Liverpool away as our first big test of the season would any of you play Delph at left back in that game because I am terrified of the yeah. thought of Mendy being halfway up the pitch or, or like he was at the weekend just stood in the box not tracking his runner and Salah and Mane and that just sprinting past him again and again and us getting absolutely battered there again, he, which could really... I, as you're posing the question, maybe I should answer it, answer it first. As you've, you know, as being a respected journalist that you are now, you've suddenly gone from student to back to respected journalist in, in no time. Uh, I, I wouldn't do I can't see Pep doing that. I can't see him suddenly deciding that Mendy isn't his first choice left back. I just can't see it. To, to I, keep I agree it. with that. But would you play Delph though? It, if I was the manager of Manchester City, you know, no, I wouldn't. Actually, I don't think I would either. It's not going to happen, Joe, I'm afraid. He... However much I pray and dream, it's not going to happen. What about you, Joe? Well, I actually would play Delph. If you weren't a respected journalist and you were the manager of Manchester City, Joe, what would you do? I would not play Mendy in games where would you not? the actual team could attack us badly. Cause and Lisa's, Lisa's nodding enthusiastically you, Lisa. here. That's all right. I, I think Delph. it's quite clear that I think that, but... I think the, the thing is he won't. I agree with Nigel. Yeah. He, it's very clear that I think Mendy's name will be one of the first names on that team sheet every week. However, if he's going to, in, that, in a game like that, I think we absolutely have to have the three at the back. Agreed. Um, because Laporte is going to be very busy. And that's the, the difference. What, what happened last season when we played Liverpool at home and Mendy was off down the wing and Otter Mendy was left with Salah, it was a horror show until Mane got sent off. And... The difference is, although he might not be the most mobile person in the world, Laporte is more mobile than Otamendi. And that will, you know, I mean, Otamendi's not played at all. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, it's going to have to be a back three. It, it yeah. can't, you, cannot, you cannot leave him there like that in a, in a, against a team like Liverpool. I would be really shocked if um, there was only it was only Stones and Laporte, for example, and Mendy and Walker. I would be very surprised. Do you want to know what Sarah thinks? Should I ask for you, Joe? See, see what Sarah thinks? Oh, about Sarah. Sarah oh, okay. What do you think? <laughs> Thanks, <One question>. Joe. <laughs> I'll just step outside, shall I then, Joe, for a minute. Yeah, I'm not sure why Nigel's still here, actually. Um, <laughs> I'm a respected Now you've taken over. Good question, though, Joe. I um, and, and uh, I wish I could give a different answer to Lisa. I know I'm copying all her answers tonight, but um, which is nothing new. Um, should have asked you first. You should, yeah. Then I could have looked like I'd come up with a brilliant well, answer, and Lisa Sarah. had nicked it off me. Um, three at the back with Mendy against better quality opposition. Um, I think the reason uh, he won't play Delph is for all the all the reasons everybody said, but also because. He won't want to give Liverpool any hint that we're frightened of them or worried by them. So he'll play um, Mendy at left back with three at the back. Can I come back now? Yeah, go on. Thank you. We welcome back Nigel Rothband into the room who's taking a temporary break. In the... Thanks, Joe. It's great <laughs> to be, be back. back in the chair. No, it's great to be back. Thanks, Joe, for taking over that short time. Uh, can, we, can we talk about the, the Newcastle game uh, before we take a quick break? I have to say two cracking goals. Um, we'll we'll do Sterling's first, and uh, and then we'll get on to Walker's first goal for City, first one for three years. Both brilliant. Yeah, 
Great goals. I was coming to you first, so you don't say the same as Lisa. <laughs> so that's, that's why I'm looking at you. And so I'm looking at Lisa and just say, basically <laughs> saying to you, you've got to give the same answer that I give Lisa, okay. even if you think it's a load of old rubbish. So great first goal, great goal from uh, Raz. Lovely, uh, you know, it's the kind of thing that, I mean, you know, the reaction on Twitter was immediately predictable. Why can't you do that for England? <laughs> who cares? Who A, who cares? And B, because he doesn't play with players who are as good as, uh, as he really is at City. Um, but no, it was a great, great goal. Really good goal. And, uh, you know, that I think, I think one of the reasons we're all a little bit disappointed as well at the moment is partly that when you score after seven minutes in nearly every other game where City have scored at home after seven minutes it's led to a deluge so that's disappointment number one secondly because we I think we've airbrushed out both the beginning of last season and some of the games last season where we weren't exactly scintillating and so now and God please don't ever let us turn into the rags and have a sense of entitlement like them but we're disappointed when we don't get a three four five nil win at home do you want to say anything different or do you want to agree with your good friend across the studio? I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> Joe, like Joe you, talk, us through, talk us through, uh, walk us first goal in three years then. Well, it was, he's, he's scored goals like that before, hasn't he? And he, he hit it very well. I thought he deserved it. I actually thought he'd had a really good game up until then. I was watching my mate and I said to him, you know, I actually think Walker's been man of the match so far. And I was delighted for him. And, and you could tell as well. For a player who's got nothing really to do with Man City other than the fact that, you know, we bought him and he came because we paid the money for him, you know, he grew up at Sheffield United, had many, he came into football at Tottenham. The passion he showed when he scored that goal, it shows what's good about this season and what maybe wasn't good both times before we've won the title. Because can you remember any of our players back in those days celebrating a goal with that much passion? With the exception of company. people like company, well, <laughs> people who are City through and through. Could you imagine like Nasri celebrating a goal like that? No, exactly. And and we know what his sock issue is now as well, don't we, Lisa? Of course, <laughs> you uh, through your question on Twitter. It just uh, looks so strange. It does look odd, doesn't it? It's, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm surprised they allow it actually, because what's really interesting is if you've got black socks, you have to have black tape. Yeah, to keep, if you've got white socks, you've got a white tape. But he's got dark blue socks and yet he's got white rings white all over it, which yeah. which doesn't kind of work but at if all. If you're the sock manufacturer. And you're seeing this. Make him a bigger fucking pair. Do you not pair? ask, can I make you a bigger pair of socks? <laughs> I, they're missing so. a trick there. Just, it's the <clears> air, <throat> though, apparently. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. the air. Oh, it's not the size. Oh, so you the need, no, it's the air. Oh. So you need to for the circulation. But so why have, don't they make them with holes? Well, exactly. Why don't you just make them with holes or a little bit of uh, fishnet... You know, they could do some. Joe, calm down. We're talking about fishnets. He's they could do some real styling. It's come over all peculiar. I'm getting ready to go back to Manchester for all those nights out. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but when he got the ball to, and, I, and he, you could see he was going to shoot, and I'm like, no, please don't shoot from there. What do I know? What do you know? Yeah. Not a lot. To be fair, last season, I can only remember him having one shot when he was right through on goal and he put it in like row Z, and I can't remember where it was, but. Might have been Wigan possibly, but he put it right in Rosehead, and I thought, oh, he's never—he's going to be another next one who will never score a goal for us. But uh, the other—the other bit before we break finally is the the, the triple save as well um, from mm. however you say is it Dubrav, Dub, Dubravka? Yeah, yeah I was very is, that, is that how you say it? Dubravka. Dubravka. Yeah, I was very impressed with him. But that triple save in particular was uh, was, was quite good, something, good, wasn't he? Yeah. Did well. If Edison yeah. had done it, we'd all be raving about yeah. it, right? Yeah, no. So, so credit where keeper. credit's due. Yeah. No, he, he, I thought good. he did well. Well, I yeah. remember watching his debut for Newcastle. They beat 
the rags and he was man of the match. So yeah, He did do well, but he did spill it a couple of times and we didn't punish it the same way we did against Huddersfield. So I, there was just like, there was just that edge missing from what we were doing. I mean, don't get me wrong, he made three saves, what he's supposed to do. And Aguero did do a bit of an impression of Lukaku on a couple of oh, yeah. occasions, which and was right, very un-Aguero-like. What, what was he um, doing right at the end when he could have passed it to two players who had no one anywhere near them? Um, and Mares, I agree with Joe, didn't have a good game, but let's give Mares yeah. a break oh, yeah, and no, wait no, for him just to just settle take in a bit of time. And, you know, no, 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 yeah. Him, yeah. Um, when when can we start? When can we start demanding from him? Just just to pick up on that because it's something I want to talk about. Joe mentioned it earlier. So so it, it, we've had four games now, four league games. Um, so it's, it's still okay for him to have off games of it and and not. So what? Ten games. When when can we start to criticise him if, it, <laughs> if he doesn't improve? There's a timetable. We can criticise him now. To be honest, you know he's a well-paid footballer. He costs us a lot of money. It's not that we can't criticise him. My view is that his crossing was poor, wasn't it? Yeah, it, he it, didn't. It, well, he's not looking like the Maras who played for Leicester, but he he had it. So why can't we say that then? Because I think we got to allow you got to allow any player a time to fit into a system to understand the way the team play um, and. Uh, I've risen to the bait. I've taken the challenge. <laughs> and, Perfectly. Yeah. So, and you know what? 10 games in, we'll, we'll games. get him. We'll have one po- a podcast that's solely about Mara. I'm having you back in, in if, after 10 games. All right. And to, to, to prepare for that, to prepare for that, we're going to take a break. My dad thinks he's rubbish. <laughs> The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Welcome back. We're going to do a 10-year slot now. 10 years since the new owners came in. 10 years since the magnificent, the legend that is Vincent Company joined the club as well. Your, your favourite Vincent Company moment, Lisa? There must be so many buzzing around in that head of yours. There are many. But it has to be that um, goal against United the first year we won the league. Without um, a doubt. And when he called when he spoke to me on the phone from a restaurant after beating Stoke the in the league after the match after we won the cup against them excuse that me. was a pretty excuse, excuse that was me. a highlight I, we, we have covered this before but for those maybe new listeners haven't heard this just just remind us of this story who set this up for you so Vincent oh, so my, actually rang you on no your... he didn't call me my colleague <laughs> my colleagues were um working in Manchester and and we're in a restaurant and I got a phone call quite late at night and nearly didn't answer it because it was a number I didn't recognise, but I did. And it, my slightly drunk colleague telling me that they were in a restaurant with Vincent Company, Nigel de Jong, and I think it was Vieira. And I was like, okay, that's nice. I'm so jealous. Um, and then he goes, oh, I'll go and see if he'll talk to you. I was like, oh, don't be so ridiculous. He's just played a match. Leave him alone. And off he goes, that's why I said slightly drunk, with his phone, takes his phone over and all I can hear is, Mr. Company, <laughs> will you speak to us? Which quite funny because the person talking was, was older than, but not that that matters, but it was just quite funny the deference he was showing him. Mr. Company, will, I've, I've got Lisa on the phone. She's the biggest Man City fan in the world. I'm like, I oh, don't think I am. But, um, okay. Um, and the next thing I know... Vincent Company is on the end of the phone. At first, I thought, this is a joke. Someone is taking the piss here. Um, and, then, and I was just so... I was just sitting there in my 
lounge shaking on the phone to Vincent Company and I was it's so embarrassing because I just couldn't say anything remotely useful or coherent and I kept saying thank you very much <laughs> I just I think he asked me if I'd been at the cup cup final I mean obviously it's the first thing we'd won and I was just so excited Fantastic. and um I just and I must have said two or three times, thank you very much. <laughs> thank well, you very well, thank much. Thank you, Vinny, for making yeah. for making Lisa's year. Please speak decade. to me again. I'll be more coherent. When's I'm sure he's listening. I'm sure you're listening. Just, you're just, we've just I've just had, had my birthday, yeah, exactly. so, so anytime. Cool. Anytime. Don't have to wait for my birthday. Happy like, to have you, a I know, proper I know conversation. Not, not spoken to you, has he? You've not had a conversation with Vinny. No, even though I act like I'm his best mate with the <laughs> regular references to Vinny. No, I've never had a phone call from Vincent. Let's hope he's listening. If you are, Vinny, it's you uh, get us o- through. <laughs> <laughs> or just get us through at City Podcast, Vinny. We'll put you in touch with Sarah. Yeah, could, could do that instead. Yeah, well, exactly. It, uh, I mean, I think most City fans would probably pick that header against United. Uh, in the first year we won the Premier League as opposed to the league. Um, football but, didn't get invented yeah, in 1992. No, exactly. But um, I think I might go for his celebration when he scored in the Carabao Cup final because there was something about that that was about his love of City and his his kind of frustration at this, and probably a sense would he ever get to play in a final again. So I might go for that one. If we're going to do... The moment as it happened, it's probably his goal against United last season. <laughs> much as I look, much as I ended that day, mm. uh, just fuming and booting a wall. I think I did on the walk home. Uh, at the at that moment, I just thought, I love my life. We're going to win the title against our big rivals, team we've all hated for years, and company's done it again. How good is life? And obviously, um, it all went a bit downhill. It like did. Either, but, uh, I just love the fact he talks to the Manchester accent now yeah, as well. I yeah, think that, yeah. that for me is just amazing. My son said to me the other day, we were watching something, and, and my son said, he's not from Manchester, he's from Belgium. And uh, he literally talks with a Manchester accent now, which is, yeah. which is yeah. awesome. I did enjoy that clip of him with his father-in-law when yeah. City won the title. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Um, and what about Yaya? We congratulate Yaya on going back to Olympiacos. Whatever. And we wish him well. Joe, I know you're a big, big Yaya. He said, come on. I was a big Yaya fan. And? Oh, as a player, I still am, but as a person... Lost all respect. I thought he, he needed to have put... He had so many chances to shut that dickhead of an agent up and he never did it. So, you know, to me, he obviously, he obviously played his part in that. He wasn't the innocent party in it. No, sod him. Good player, club legend and that, but still. He's, you know, other club legends haven't behaved like that. Aguero, Silva, Company, Zabaleta, they'd never done the thing But like he's still a, club, still a club legend, though. Probably in the eyes of the club and many people, he is. But I and the eyes of respected student Joe Doherty. Uh, sorry, respected journalist. <laughs> sorry, forgive me. Sorry, stuck uh, at the tongue no. there. Not a club legend. He's gone. No longer a club legend, according to Joe Doherty. You heard it here first. It's maybe not entirely his fault, but no, the way he behaved throughout his career at City and after his career at City was embarrassing. But if we're talking about this ten-year period where we. That this club has been transformed, not just on the pitch, and we've talked about it loads of times. The whole stuff that they've done and the investment they've made, Yaya Torre is part of that history. He's got to be a legend, doesn't he? He's played his part. Sarah, sort sort out this young whippersnapper here. Yeah, (laughs) he's a legend, but we don't love him. That would be my take on Mm. it. I don't think we love Yaya in the way that we love Vincent and Sergio and Zaba and David, of course, and probably Kevin when he hangs up his boots. You know, there's a love for those players, and I personally not sure City fans love Yaya. They might love what he did, but I'm not sure they love him in the same way. 
She's going to agree with you again, isn't she? I don't know. If she kind is. of. It's. Weird. I think it just. I think it's all a bit tainted. Like, his yeah. behaviour was slightly bizarre. I mean, some of the stuff that happened when he was playing and all business with the cake and all that. I think there was other stuff going. No, I think there was other stuff going on in his life that people have to make allowances for. His brother was dying, and you know, and things happen, and people say silly things. But there was just too many other occasions for it to all be down to circumstance and so i think it has i i think the way i think sarah put it really well of course i'm going to say that um (laughs) he is definitely a legend and when when they made the presentation to him last uh, last season and company did a a speech about him and he you know the point the points he made were very valid all these goals he scored i mean you know everything we'd won he was so instrumental in it you know the second season we won the premier league um the free kicks and all the goals he scored that's it i mean you know you can't deny the impact he had but it's a bit tainted you're talking about the presentation when he left does that not make his behavior since he left even more ungrateful yeah the, the thing is look none of us know what happened it sounds bizarre you look at the other circumstances around it doesn't ring true but we don't know but it's not been handled very well, whatever it was that happened. Even if you're watching, I keep referring to this, I'm not on commission, but even if you're watching All or Nothing, (laughs) he's part of that. There doesn't seem to be anything that suggests any of what he's referred to. Now, again, we don't know. So, Can I bring us back to the positives? Because I'm I'm, I'm slightly disappointed we've got on to Yaya on the negative, which is just meant to be a bit of of an aside, (laughs) recognising that he's gone back to Olympiacos. Have have you all seen the Manchester City dream scene uh, mural that's been done? Yes. Yes. So, so, so I think what's amazing is uh, the the fact that they've got things like you know Joe Corrigan with Helen's bell and a sprig of heather in there and and, and the and the banana and Chappie's kit bag. Or you know, it's not just about the the, the players. Company Anybody shaking hands with is it Meredith? It's a Billy Meredith exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so anybody on there who I mean, it's obviously there's one person that probably for me I'm surprised is on that one. And anybody think that's missing from there? Or maybe you don't know it. Did, did, on it. Did, was Pellegrini uh, well, on it? No. No. Oh, you're right, no. Which I Pellegrini actually, I mean, I was Mancini never a big is. fan. Yes, yeah. Yeah. but I, I was never a massive Pellegrini fan, but I was still quite surprised he wasn't on it. I think if Mancini's there, Pellegrini has to Agreed. be there. Agreed. They were similar, weren't they? They came in, a lot of potential, did do well. but Won they two trophies. Yeah, they just, they just weren't as good as what we've got now. You see, for me, I'm not sure why Micah Richards is there. That's the one I'm mm. surprised about of all of us. I think that people have a lot of affection for him. It's interesting, although he's not a, a legend like the other ones we were just describing. I think people have more affection for him than Yaya, so that's a good <laughs> comparison. Like Yaya's the the real legend, but the effect people have a lot of affection for Michael Richards. I think the problem is that they've obviously tried to cover eras. Yeah. And that era, not much to pick. There wasn't from. much to pick from. And sure, to be frank, sure. Micah was probably Micah. Here I go again. Micah Richards <laughs> was probably the one Mr. who Richards. City fans had the most affinity with. Yeah, yeah. Because there's no Tewitt, is there? No Barnes. No, I think. no Tewitt. No so Barnes. Your dad's favourite player. He's not. Uncle Pete. No, he's Uncle not. Pete's he's not, not there. there. He's not there. He's not no. Is Dunny on it? Yes, Dunny's yeah. there. Yeah. Glad I'm doing this all from memory. So, but so. you, go, you asked about Tevez. Tevez isn't there, but there is a poster on the wall. The Welcome to Manchester poster is on the wall with Tevez with his so arms. He kind of so, is, so he kind of makes an appearance. He, he does a, I think it's wonderful. He was probably off golfing brilliant. when the picture was taken. So, but let us know what you think. So, who who kind of shouldn't be there? Who is there? I, I'm kind of going with Michael Richards. I, yeah, yeah, I, I, on it. Yes, he shouldn't be there. <laughs> He's got a cake behind him. And a cake Has he? As well. Yeah. 
Um, so you got that. And so just let us know who you think should be there and maybe who, uh, who shouldn't be there. No, he should be. you'd be surprised that <laughs> something else well, That's a bit there. of a blast from the past. Let, let's just uh, look forward to the Champions League as well because we've uh, had the Champions League draw since the last show. Uh, we know it's Leon, Leon Hoffenheim and Shakhtar Donetsk. We'll Thought, thoughts on that? We've got to be pleased with we'll that. We would have thought with what we've had yeah. in the previous. Pot, pot one helped us being in pot one, clearly. The only game we might not win, I think, is Shakhtar away, especially if it's like a bit of a dead rubber by then. But I'd be very disappointed with anything less than uh, three times. Uh, how many games is it you played? Respected mathematician. You know, I was going to say, you're not, you're not doing maths, are you? Uh, 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 15 uh, points. <laughs> what is it you're doing at uni, Joe, by the way? It's not, it's math, oh, yeah. Maths and statistics. Uh, maths, and, uh, <laughs> maths and history. Yeah. <laughs> Happy with that yeah, draw, Sarah? A good, uh, yeah, it's good, yeah, a good group. We've, exactly. had some, we've had some tough ones, so it's nice to get a, yeah. a, a reasonably straightforward one. And uh, the Scouts is getting a hard group. And then mm. I'm, not talking, I'm not talking about them. Um, so like Car- Carabao Cup, somebody mentioned Oxford United earlier on, very cleverly snuck that in. Carabao Cup, Oxford, they'll be pleased with that, would have thought. Oxford? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be delighted. Seeing our, un, un, our under 11s team turn up. <laughs> the only person I'm worried about is Dave going there being a Cambridge boy. Oh, yeah. He might get into big trouble. Here we go, getting a scrap with the Bullingdon Club or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got the international break, which we love. Sarah's already covered that briefly. Um, and then, should we just finish off with the next home game, which I think is the 15th um, against uh, Fulham, who haven't exactly had the best start to the season, have they? I think they've been a bit unlucky. They played well at the weekend. I do, I do like them. I think they play, they play the right way. They've brought in some good players, and I think they'll be all right this year. I think we'll beat them two or three one, a bit like the Newcastle game. But I think they'll end up doing really well this year. They're a decent team, Fulham, and they've got some good players. And I think what's nice is on the back of the Newcastle game, it'd be nice to have a game against a team that I think will attack us mm. more than most teams that come to the Etihad. So it should be an interesting game. I'm not going to ask you because you're going to agree with her. Yeah, I do agree exactly. with Sarah. Yeah. So we're going to finish it there. Okay. It's been a huge pleasure. Thank you to my three guests, to Sarah Messenger, to Joe Doherty, and to Lisa Rabinovitz. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Podcast Network.